0: We're on the radio. Carolyn Reynolds is here today. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Other Page Radio, WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. My name is Haywood Fennell Sr., and I am the host and a veteran. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League in association with BNN TV Media. We are happy to be here today. Important guest here today, Mrs. Carolyn. Carolyn, say your last name again, please. Reynolds. Carolyn Reynolds. And where are you from, my dear?
1: Um, I work at Whittier Street Health Center.
0: Okay. All right. What department?
1: I am the Associate Director of Behavioral Health uh, uh, for Adults. And wow. the Program Manager for the Moms Do Care Program.
0: Okay. We're going to get into that a little later on, but folks... Before we get into this interview, this guest interview today, I just want to say a couple of things about Whittier Street Community Health Center. You know where it's located, 1290 Tremont Street. Phone number 617-427-1000. Okay? 617-427-1000. That is the place that's in the community, and they are phenomenal. In taking care of our people. And we are so honored and grateful for them to be there under the leadership of Frederica M. Williams, a good friend of Triad Veterans League, a good friend to our community, concerned, sensitive, with a crew, staff of people that are dedicated to helping people get healthy and stay healthy. Calvin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing well and feeling well. And you want to talk to us a little bit about how busy you are over at Whittier Street. (laughs) I I know that it is a place that as soon as you go through those doors and put that mask on and see all those people doing different things and whatnot, you feel somewhat assured that uh, you're going to get taken care of. Is that the right uh, prognosis, if you will, that's for Whittier Street?
1: You are absolutely correct. Okay. Um, we take care of you the moment you step in the door.
0: Right. And I mean, some people come in and they really need it, really need help. And they finally get in there and they stay a while mm-hmm. and get that treatment. How is your program working? The first one you mentioned about the substance abuse disorders.
1: Um, our program has been doing very well. We were working nonstop even um, during the pandemic. Our department uh, was full staffed. We worked in the office, but we provided teletherapy for our clients as well as in-person therapy. We gave the, cho- uh, the clients the choice to choose if they preferred telehealth because of the pandemic or they um, were welcome to come in person.
0: Okay. Now, what? how did that person work? How, what was that, like a virtual?
1: Yes. Uh, we offered uh, Zoom sessions or uh, telephone sessions. Oh, really? How does that work? How
0: does that work? Uh,
1: we call you up on your phone. You give us your preferred number, and we will call that number at your appointment time and have a session with you over the phone.
0: Okay. And uh, is that a one-on-one?
1: It was one-on-one, but I was also, uh, before the pandemic and uh, things were shut down, I uh, facilitated two substance abuse therapy groups. Okay. And so for one of the groups, we were able to do teletherapy uh, group sessions yeah. over the phone. Right. Which was greatly appreciated.
0: I'm sure it was. I mean, you know, uh, most of the therapy and the treatment, it's about— uh, Counseling, talking.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. But we can also become, you know, very creative and and interactive with the therapy right. um, through um, various forms of engagement.
0: Okay. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. Some, various
0: forms of engagement? Well,
1: some people, you know, who could be shy or reserved, Um, to share their story initially when they're first meeting the therapist. Right. So we have um, what we use, um, play therapy or creative expressions or prompts to get the clients to feel relaxed and comfortable with us to open up.
0: Yeah. That sounds like uh, one of the major barriers uh, is for them to open up, Carolyn.
1: True, because you know— um, our history as a black and brown people, right. we have a history of keeping our issues to ourselves and told you do not share with the outside, mm-hmm. with fear of being judged. So um, we offer in our department a warm and friendly atmosphere, and we don't push the clients. We meet them where they're at, and uh, when they're ready to uh, to share. Uh, at the level that they feel comfortable, uh, then we're there for them.
0: Is there any? Is there in your treatment uh, experiences? Is there anything that sticks out as like telltale? Uh, everybody has something like that, you know. Uh, I know you were talking about people not opening up. Is there anything else that it's common to uh, the treatment approach? That you can think of, um,
1: you know. Sometimes with experience, you can um, um, pretty much assert that if they the clients have been a victim of trauma, okay, um, or domestic violence, all right, um, uh, and then maybe suffering from some shame and guilt. So again, we try to let them know we're we provide supportive listening. Uh, we're here for for the, our clients. We show empathy and uh, positive regard mm-hmm. for what they're going through, mm-hmm. um, and trying to create a safe, comfortable environment for them, wanting mm-hmm. to share, to work through whatever it is that they're going through. How do you
0: deal with a client? Because every 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 encounter is an individual encounter. So. Uh, and maybe it might be a group issue that you might be dealing with. But how do you deal with, say, uh, shame? Uh, Is there a standard approach to shame uh, people uh, use and do things that they wouldn't normally do as a result of that particular behavior? How do they free themselves up?
1: Well, with the work in therapy, we will use... um, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. Mm-hmm. And for myself, um, once the clients start sharing the source of the shame, um, usually it's something that's happened in the past okay. that they're feeling guilt and combining it with shame. So what I try to do is get them to separate the two. They're very different. Right, Guilt is a result of something that, that you did right or maybe was done to you okay shame is a result of your feeling you internalize it because i stole the piece of candy when i was two i'm 32 so i'm still feeling shameful of that yeah. because um how uh, i was treated when it was discovered that i you know stole the candy whether mm-hmm. it was punishment or publicly berated in front of family or friends or the store. So I try to have the clients talk to me. When did it happen? What is the source of your shame if they can identify it? And when did it happen? And for the most part, from my experiences, a lot of the guilt and shame is for something that happened years ago. So I talk to them about, well, why are you beating yourself up for something that you're no longer doing? Right. You know, it's no longer a part of your of your current history. It's your story, but it's not totally you. There's more to you than what has happened to you.
0: Okay. That's a good point right there.
1: And so once I get them to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Then we work toward the healing of forgiving self. If it's something that you, they did or initiated on their own or something someone d- did to you, especially if we're talking about um, um, sexual abuse, um, that and, okay. and children, if they were young when it happened right, and that, you know, you didn't ask for this to happen to you. Someone took advantage of you against your will. Right. It wasn't your fault. So we do a lot of psychoeducation with the clients to get them to understand in that case particularly, it wasn't your fault.
0: Okay, this guest today is is Carolyn Reynolds. She is with an amazing community based theater, I mean community based health provider. Whittier Street Community Health Center. And we are talking about some of the things that occur in counseling people trying to change their thinking and their behavior as a direct result of substance abuse disorder. We'll be right back and talk a little more with Carolyn.
1: Are you a veteran who is struggling with her housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing to eligible, struggling veterans. If you or someone you know
0: is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565
1: or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Are you a veteran or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays, to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org.
0: This is the Other Page Radio. This program is brought to you by Tried Veterans League and in association with being Bnn TV Media. And I just want to say that um, we have a very important topic here today. Talking with Carolyn Reynolds from Whittier Street, talking about you know substance abuse disorders, and I know a lot of veterans. Uh, that have been engaged, including myself, you know, in uh, recovery, 28 years, talking about me. But I had some other years that were really tough. And it's really a wonderful thing to be able to know that the work is being done to bring our veterans back to the position where they can learn how to cope with the traumas that have been a part of the drama that is the United States military. For me, this conversation is very important. And for the non-veterans as well, uh, who live under traumatic situations and think that that is a condition that is normal. And it's not. So we're going to get right back to our guest, Carolyn Reynolds, today and talk a little bit more about what it is and what it isn't. How do we heal so that we can better deal? Carolyn, you were mentioning uh, blame, I think, shame. Mm-hmm. Can you go a little bit more and, and talk about the remorse and the shame that's associated with healing?
1: Yes, that plays, I find in uh, in my years of doing this, it plays a big factor that keeps people going back to their drug or drink of choice um, and stay caught up in the cycle, I'll call it, of substance use slash abuse. Right. Um, so, again, my feeling is if I can help build their self-esteem and confidence in themselves, we talk about who were you before and recognize that we're treating, trying to treat the whole person, that you are more than your addiction and your addiction is a result of, um, and helping them work through that, then I find the road to healing, um, we're right there, and they just keep going. Um,
0: They just keep going.
1: They keep going, because one, I think, because one, building that trust, that rapport of trust, someone that really cares, someone that... um, you're speaking to someone that looks like you, which is very important, right. um, and seems and understands what you're going through. We might not have walked in your shoes, but we understand what you're going through and where that path has taken you. So I talk a lot with my clients. Um, you know, you can take a different route than from your roots. That you don't have to, you can break the cycle. You don't have to follow in the same path. You can always take a different route.
0: Okay. All right. How is it with our uh, female clients? How do, how do you deal um, with them?
1: F- some females are, 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 are harder to trust, okay. especially uh, those that may have children. Okay. Um, okay. And feeling that you're being there, being judged because how could a mother choose um, addiction over her children? Again, at Whittier Street, we do not do that. Um, uh, we try to be very supportive. We are very supportive and understanding. And again, meeting the clients where they're at.
0: I like what you said uh, regarding. Uh, the person's psychic to understand that the disease is not total totally them Yes right I think yeah. that's a great start point mm-hmm. Yes and let me let me ask you another question uh, how do they when they come in they, they are tense when they come in right you know uh, for whatever reason how do they how do you get them to smile how do you get how do you how do you get them to relax? okay
1: uh we understand that uh that initially someone coming in especially from the first time who's never been in treatment before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we greet them uh with smiles uh, a welcome smile and a warm greeting um and acknowledge this is a big step for them to take this step um toward their path of healing and we're here for you um again we you know, meet them where they're at. We're not pushing them. It's not about our agenda. It's about what they want for themselves.
0: Right. Let me ask you, do you have can you provide us the contact number that, that they can call you?
1: Yes, for um for, the, treatment? for those seeking um mental health counseling or services at Whittier Street, our number is in the behavioral health department is six one seven nine eight nine. Three zero zero nine. Uh, we have front desk staff that will, will be there to take your call, your name and number. If you could just tell them briefly why you're seeking treatment and we will get back to you as soon as we can.
0: Can you just say that number again?
1: 617-989-3009. And that's the Behavioral Health Department at Whittier Street Health Center.
0: I, I know that. Oh. We have a lot of people, Carolyn, I'm sure you agree, that need treatment. Yes. But for some reason, they can always say, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow might be too late. hmm mm-hmm. Tomorrow might be sorrow. Mm. And we don't want that. No. We want you to understand that the first step begins with you, and maybe even the second step. Mm-hmm. Because in my situation, I'm telling you, Carolyn, I never thought that I'd be able to be free of that behavior. Mm -hmm. I struggled in and out for 30 years. And today I'm sitting here on the Other Page Radio program with you Mm -hmm. to say to our listening audience, here's some help for you. Yes. But first, you got to be ready. You got to tell yourself that the drug and its use is not all of you. It's not the total person.
1: No.
0: You can get some help. Whittier Street, 1290 Tremont Street, Behavioral mm-hmm. Health, they're there for you. They're there for you to relieve yourself of all the trauma and the drama that's caused you to feel as though you're in quicksand because that's what I felt like. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful and thankful to the yes. Lord for being able to open up. Folks, you got to open up and let stuff out. if You want to get stuff in. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that can work, right? Right, Carolyn?
1: Yes. Yeah. Again, you know, we uh, we do a lot of psychoeducation, mm-hmm. and in that we'll talk about, you know, let's focus on the benefits of recovery versus the benefits of using. Oh, and 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 I normally get that reaction. Yes, and yes. then have to further explain. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and so they'll start talking about you know why why, why you came here for a reason. What's their reason? Okay. Regardless if you were court ordered or a family member insisted, but you decided. You decided. They're not. You know, you're not coming in with handcuffs. You um, walked in on your own.
0: To Get so, this help. Right. Let me ask you a question about uh, people that are seeking recovery, uh, and come in, and they have children. And tell me a little bit about the children upon entry, and then a little later on in the treatment. How how do they respond? How is it? What do you see? Uh,
1: You mean parents coming in that have children, or coming children? Yeah, children. Um, Well. Again, if they have custody, still have custody right. of their children and are working for reunification, uh, we talk about the benefits of you staying engaged with treatment will help you get your child back. But it's okay. not we focus not so much like we will help you navigate um, D, uh DCF. Uh, we will be a strong advocate for you. Right. But. More importantly, excuse me, we want you to once you get your children, we want to make sure while in treatment with us that you have built, we're building a strong foundation to keep them.
0: That's what I want to hear.
1: And so especially for women, we have this program called the Moms Do Care Program.
0: Okay, let's talk about that.
1: Okay. Um the Moms Do Care Program is a grant that we receive from um the Substance Abuse Mental Health um, uh, uh, Agency, SAMHSA, as, a refer- as it refers to, and the Bureau of Substance Abuse Services. Yes. So uh, it's a program for women age 18 and over who may be pregnant, postpartum, and or parenting their children or child birth to age 36 months regardless if the child is in their custody or not. And uh, the your addiction could be any stimulant disorder. It could be coffee. It could be caffeine. It could be cigarettes. It could be cigarettes. And, of course, drugs and or alcohol, even though in Massachusetts marijuana is legal. But if it's getting you in trouble, we, you know, have conversations about, well, maybe it's not legal for you. If it's the source of your issues. So we provide, we have a uh, moms do care outreach worker that uh, in addition to, we offer them therapy. We offer them wraparound services at the health center. If they need OBGYN, if they need a pediatrician or them themselves, they need medical care, a primary care. We will uh, link them to our WIC program. Uh, we we have a food pantry. We offer one-on-one counseling, group counseling, medication, assistant treatment if they need to see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So we help them uh, navigate. What's the name
0: of this program again? It's
1: called Moms Do Care.
0: Oh, Moms Do Care. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So, What's that number again?
1: Uh, again, uh, the behavioral health number, 617 uh, 989 Three
0: We'll be right back. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. I'm really happy here to have our guest from Whittier Street, uh, Carolyn Reynolds. She's here today, and she's talking about some of the services that are available to our people in our community uh, that are trying to change how they think so they can change how they live and become givers and not takers. And stop thinking that, you know, nobody cares about you. People at Woody Street have a track record of caring and sharing. So we'll be right back. This is WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. I just want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of the veterans. Who knows what's going on out there? But I know a little bit. And so I'd like to share that with you. I don't know if you're aware of the landscape changes in the newly named General Edward O. Gordine African-American Veterans Memorial Park. The African-American, the General Edward O. Gordine African-American Veterans Memorial Park That is the new name directly across the street from Police Headquarters, Police Station Two. Right there, Washington and Malcolm X Boulevard. We are getting ready for the statue to be erected early next year to be posted in that area. And that is going to make a big difference. Not only to what The statue will bring, but who the statue will be there for our community. Transformation time, folks. Black veterans being remembered, because that hasn't always been the case. And with that in mind, I also want to thank Whittier Street Community Health Center for helping Triad Veterans League with us. Thank you for your service project that we are working with. Whittier Street has been outstanding It's a non-veteran agencies with sensitivities to put in place a part of their treatment plans for our community to take care of our veterans. The other thing I know you want to hear about, I know you want to hear about it. Okay, okay, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to give it to you. November, November the 12th, November the 13th at 6.30 p.m. at the Roxbury Community College's Media Arts Center, we will be performing the Harlem Renaissance Revisited with a gospel flavor, celebrating our 25th year, and we have a post-Veteran's Day uh, project wherein we're going to talk about the 369th Infantry Regiment, all black, also known as the Hellfighters from Harlem, who were in France during World War I, 1915, and helped those people free themselves. But they still, we, do not have our freedom. We don't have our freedom, here. You see it every day. People are using those names, but those are not my names because it takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. So you're calling me something that you are. I don't have to call you back. I don't even have to pay you any attention. But those veterans that I'm talking about, they were called the men of bronze in France because of the way they fought. They didn't want to give them any credit here in the United States of America. And they still don't want to do it. But we're still moving forward. So, folks, get ready for the Harlem Renaissance Revisited with a gospel flavor directed by Sister Monica Anderson Spencer and a young lady that's a sophomore at Emerson College by the name of Sky Forts, Dancing provided and movement provided by Stages, Cultural Arts Center, they're coming in. And then we have another collaborator, Berklee College of Music, Department of Africana Music Studies. We got some music for you. We got some music for you, and I have some more information on, you know, next time, next week. But mark those dates now, folks, because we're honoring our veterans. We're honoring our veterans because they've been fighting since the American Revolution. And still, and still wearing the uniform and still... Got a lot of disparities. And that's, again, I want to thank Whittier Street. So our guest today is a young lady that's been working. Carolyn, how long have you been working in uh, the substance abuse area?
1: I've been working in the field for about 30 years. What? (laughs) Yes. But I've been at Whittier Street 14. 14 years? Yes.
0: Oh. i got to salute you. (laughs) Tell me now. 30 years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much for sticking in there. Because, you know, uh, I understand education now. Don't get me wrong now. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I understand education and what it does. Carolyn, you remember 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't all of this certificates, and you were doing the service work. You were doing the work. Thank you. You were doing the work. I'm telling you, I know. I've seen y'all working, you know, and I'm just, thank you so much for staying in this field. I, I went out there to uh, UMass Boston, and I thought I was going to get my uh, LADAC certificate. I got the certificate for completing the course. I did that, but you got to be extra sensitive. You got to be really committed to the work that you're doing. I want to thank you again for that, and all your colleagues over at Whittier, because I know you give them all you got. Because there's nothing like substance abuse disorders, and you got to live it. I don't know, Carolyn. I I drive, and I passed over there by the um, Mass and cash area. That's what they call it. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's everywhere. Substance abuse disorders. It's everywhere. What are some of the signs, Carolyn, that a person could look for that's not familiar and needs to be a little more informed? What, do we have anything, you know?
1: Well, if you're noticing a change in habit, attitudes, and behaviors mm-hmm. of um, your loved one or right, a right. friend or family member, they seem a little more irritable. They don't seem to have money, or money is not lasting like they used to. They're starting to uh, be laxed about or not paying, or taking care of their responsibilities or paying their bills. And and certain drugs, if you're noticing, they seem to be sniffling more. Mm. Um, their eyes are red and maybe running nose, um, a fidgety that something is going on. Dark circles um, under their eyes that they didn't have before. Mm. Um, calling out if they're working, calling out sick um staying out and before they used to let you know where they were going, now I'll be back. And coming back maybe several hours of the next day. Mm. Um and then irritable, angry at you if you're you asking normal questions. Right. So that's some some red flags. Uh missing money, missing uh, valuables in your home. Uh, um you know, again, red flags.
0: And then that irritable, those irritability things, if, you, if somebody, would, I guess they would ask them, did you see my And They said, no, why are you asking me? Stuff like that. Right,
1: right. right, right. Guilt causing anxiousness that, uh, I may be discovered, um. But Mr. Farrell, I would like to mention uh two some other programs that we have of at, at Whittier Street. We offer uh, you know I uh, facilitate two uh recovery support groups. Okay. One is an early recovery support group for people newly in recovery. Uh we offer a four-week program, um a weekly four-week program and at the completion of that week if they still would like a uh, continuing of care. We can provide additional group support, individual therapy, and or psychiatry if they need it. Um, and then we, I facilitate a relapse prevention group. That group is for people with a little more stability in their recovery, and it's ongoing. And it, it's you can stay in that group as long as you choose to. And again, the group is a small group. The group is very supportive for one another, and we focus on your strengths. It's a strength-based group. Rather than focusing on, you know, your weaknesses, the group is very supportive. We talk about all issues that could be happening in your life that could lead you back to. um, So we want to do a lot of prevention um, skills and techniques. Again, to help stabilize a person in recovery. We have or seeking recovery. We have two adult psychiatrists um, to treat um, um, our adult clients and we have a, a psych nurse practitioner as well. We offer We also offer a suboxone treatment program that to help, you know, stabilize them to it's an opiate block to block the cravings for the drug. Uh, we also, clients are eligible to enroll in that program as well.
0: Oh, that's three programs. Yes. I see. Okay, how are they going? I'm
1: sorry? How are they going, They're especially
0: going, the one that, that deals with the recent uh, recovery?
1: Um, it's going well. We could use more clients. So clients, yeah. if you're out there, would like to seek help. You will be in group, and a small group is not a large group. Um, uh. with people going through what you're going through. You can walk in. Uh, Behavioral Health is located on the second floor, and our front desk staff will help you um, to enroll you in the group and get you started on your way.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Are there any programs in place uh, at Whittier for young people that have issues that might lead to them uh, involving themselves in Hardcore drugs like fentanyl?
1: Unfortunately, we do not have a drug treatment program for youth. Uh, We're uh, not licensed to do that. Uh, But we do offer, we have a wonderful child team that can offer support for Mm -hmm. um, children or youth um, who may be going through emotional issues. Right. Um, to help maybe circumvent or prevent them turning to drugs or alcohol for uh, release.
0: Right. That's very important because I was looking uh, on the news and they had this fentanyl that looked like candy. Yes. You know, and they were saying that school kids, some of them, were, you know, victimized. I think it was candy. One kid... Out in California, I believe, she died in the bathroom. Yes. You know, so kids are susceptible to picking up bad habits. And I was just wondering if we have something at Whittier. But at law, you have to have certain uh, restrictions to service in our young people. Is that right?
1: For addiction, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the what we uh, do Educate them on uh, drugs and the, yeah. the dangers of drugs mm-hmm. and the dangers of giving in to peer pressure okay. Um. and be aware. That's very that's important. Yes. Right. And be aware if someone is trying to give you a drink or candy that mm-hmm. you didn't initiate yourself. I mean, that you didn't bring to yourself that, you know, encourage them to not take it because you never know what's in that piece of candy. That's right. Or drink.
0: Our guest today has been very informative. Carolyn Reynolds from Woodard Street Community Health Center. We want to thank you for coming in and sharing. uh, And we're looking forward to your coming back. Don't think this is just you're going to show up one time and don't come back. No, (laughs) No, we need you to come in and help to educate our people because they they don't really know sometimes, Carolyn, until... Their relatives or their friends or maybe even themselves have picked up a habit. Right. You know, and uh, education is the key to resisting uh, things. And Whittier Street is in the position to provide the services that you need to heal so that you can deal with the situation at hand. I want to thank you for coming in. Thank Uh, you for having me. Look forward to you coming back. If you could just give us that number one more time, I'd appreciate it.
1: The number is 617-989-3009. And that's a direct number to the De- Behavioral Health Department, our front desk.
0: We thank you so much for being our guest today. Just as you're in the other page of radio, my name is Haywood Fennell. program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League and association with BNN Media. TV Media, thank you so much and have a great day.